We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Happy Bat Day, Birthman! Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely sunny downtown Halifax. How y'all doing? It is the weekend, it's 5pm on Friday, and it is time to kick back and relax with your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky here on CKDU. And we will start things off with how we usually start them off. Let's go check out what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Starting with, finally, something from me on the site. Um, as I've mentioned, I am currently streaming all of the Kirby games that's so happening over on the Low Bias Gaming YouTube channel. I have finally started posting those to the Low Bias Gaming page, starting with Kirby's Dreamland, two videos there, Kirby's Pinball Land, a single video, and Kirby's Adventure, four videos there. And I believe that Kirby's Dream Course is about ready to be put up there, so that's something else to look forward to. Popful Mail by Jason is um, going up pretty steadily with uh, six new videos available on the site. Uh, as well as two new videos of Tales of Fantasia. Fun times. Um, as far as new posts, we of course have the 365 days of the Super Nintendo still going strong with the latest post being MechWarrior3050. Uh, we have some... Uh, we have a new post here about uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is just awesome. That's pretty cool. And uh, also, Low Bias Gaming has a public Discord now, and you can go to lowbiasgaming.net slash forum for a uh, link to that. Now, that will allow you to um, participate in the Discord as well as join it if you so choose. So that's some stuff, some fun stuff going on. Oh, uh, God of War 3. New uh, soundtrack available for you. And a new episode of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, episode six, uh, episode four, season six, Zombie Nightmare. That's available for you as well. Anyway, it is time for a little bit of music here, so I will go over to that. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that was uh, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Uh, that was by Ryoji Yoshitomi and is the title track of today's game from the archives. Hey, you! Yeah, you! Listen up when Wario's talking to you. I just read about this legendary pyramid of gold and you're gonna help me go explore it. There's lots of treasure in there for the taking, and I want it all. I'm sure there's, there are gonna be all kinds of weird enemies and big bad bosses out there, so if you don't think you can hack it, put the game down now. I don't want any losers making me jump into bottomless pits, you hear me? And that is the rather aggressive back of the box for Wario Land 4. It is a platformer game for the Game Boy Advance, developed and published by Nintendo, and released in 2001. Um, it is not actually the fourth Wario Land game, it is the fifth, if you count uh, Virtual Boy Wario Land, which is probably the best game on that platform. But um, yeah, it is a pretty fun game. It is kind of interesting in that... You have four worlds that you can explore, but you can explore them in any order, although there's one order that order that makes sense more than the other is because they do get harder as you go along. Anyway, uh, there are on uh, lowbiasgaming.net eight videos of the game itself and three bonus videos by yours truly. And uh, that is there for your enjoyment, so I hope that you enjoy. It's a pretty fun game, like I said.
And that was Martin Knapp Sound with The Mansion. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky, and news of the weird has been weird. Um, basically, here's what happened. So, first of all, we still don't have news stories for today, which we should. Secondly, for some reason, up until, like, maybe either today or yesterday, as far as I know, the stories for last week were making the site crash. And on top of that, for some reason, the thing that I usually use to scan articles wasn't working because... Mm, formatting? I don't know. So, in order to combat all this, I have gone back to June 28th which is a format that my system does recognize and has not found any objectionable content in. Um, however, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Uh, I did hear them on um, Electric Leftovers, but that was a few months ago at this point. So um, anyway, the, this segment is usually about 13, 15 minutes long or so. Take that as you will. If you've made any sense of it, anyway. Anyway, our lead story for today, after all of that, Alabama is the new Florida. Oh boy. The Limestone County, Alabama Sheriff's Office is on the lookout for Mickey Polk, 35, after executing a search warrant at an Athens apartment where he was believed to be living on June 17th. While Polk was not at the apartment at the time, officers did find meth, drug paraphernalia, ammunition, and body armor, along with Polk's attack squirrel, these nuts, in a cage in the apartment. Sheriff, uh, Sheriff's Deputy Stephen Young told the news courier offices, uh, officers were told Polk feeds the squirrel meth to keep it aggressive, which Polk denied in a Facebook video. Officers released the squirrel into the wild, but Polk, still on the run, later told news outlets that he went back to the apartment and whistled and these nuts returned to him. A GoFundMe page established to help Polk pay his legal fees includes a post saying that the squirrel has been, quote, safely gotten out of Alabama and it is being boarded until his owner's legal issues can be settled. The Limestone Sheriff's Office took to Twitter to warn locals to be wary of Polk. Mickey Polk is a fleeing felon with felony warrants unrelated to his squirrel. That is quite the sentence. Also an update shortly before press time, the Limestone County Sheriff's Office announced on Twitter that Polk had been arrested Thursday night, June 27th. So please do not uh, contribute to that GoFundMe page. You will not be receiving that money. It's probably been closed anyway. The continuing crisis. Early bird travelers at Detroit Metropolitan Airport got a, a rude awakening on June 21st when an unnamed man tried to pass through a TSA checkpoint entirely naked and without a name. Um, according to WXYZ TV, the man approached the uh, the checkpoint and removed all his clothing, then removed a barrier and approached a metal detector. 
Officers didn't allow him through the metal detector, so he ran around it where he was caught and covered with plastic trash bags. A bystander said he was calm and compliant while being detained. Law enforcement determined he was not a threat and took him to a local hospital. My question is, what sort of hospital was it? I mean, at, at the very least, like, if seeing as he was naked, he certainly wasn't carrying anything metal on him. That's, uh, that's at least one solace to have from this strange story. I wonder what the I wonder what the continuing crisis about this unnamed person is. But if you're living without a name, then that's going to be a problem of its own. Our next story: Hitchcockian Roy and Brenda Pick Pickard of Knott's in Lancashire, England, uh, lived in a 1960s horror film for a week in June as a pair of nesting herring gulls terrorized them each time they emerged from their home. If I try to go out the door, the two, the two adult birds are right there and I've got no chance, Roy told the mirror. At one point, Roy was attacked so viciously on the back of the head that he had to go to the hospital for treatment. Roy contacted animal organizations, but they offered no remedies for the violent birds. It's breeding season and herring gulls are protected when nesting. The whole thing has been terrible, Roy lamented. I mean, one thing that you could do is just simply, you know, get hard hats. Maybe that would help a little bit. Hopefully now, at this point, they've migrated and moved on. Whether it's the birds or Roy and Brenda, Brenda themselves, I don't know. One of them is probably no longer living there. One, one of the pairs, rather. Or maybe just one of them, I don't know. News you can use! Equality got a boost in Argentina in June when uh, that country's National Appeal Court ordered a man to pay his ex-white 8 million pesos, about $178,000, for 27 years of housework. Newsweek reported Judge Victoria Fama reasoned that the wife who holds a degree in economics put her career aside for the entirety of their marriage to keep house and raise children, and by the time her husband left her in 2009, she was too old to compete in the job market. The economic dependence of wives on their husbands is one of the central mechanisms through which women are subordinated in society, the judge stated. Meanwhile, the husband was living, quote, a good life. I'll just let you absorb that one. I don't think I need to say any more. The next story that I have on the list for June 28th is under the title that we all know as AWESOME. No post-processing. That's just me. A 26-year-old man uh, identified only as Chang from Guangdong, China uh, went out for a Friday night of drinking with friends on June 7th and returned home to find that his keys were missing. Someone inside let him in and he went to bed to sleep it off. The next morning, the Chinese news site Sohu reported Chang woke with a sharp pain in his chest and went to Dongguan Hospital where an x-ray revealed that the missing house keys were lodged deep in his esophagus. 
And doctors first thought emergency surgery would be necessary to retrieve the keys, but with the help of a muscle-relaxing drug, a gastroenterologist was able to pull them out through his mouth. So he ate his keys? I mean, I guess that's one way to ensure your security. No one's gonna go down there to get them unless they're a medical professional or insane. Well, in any case, uh, let's just move on, I guess. With a compelling explanation. Well, I wish we had a compelling explanation for the last story, but I guess um, let's do with what we got here. The Bainey House Hotel in Myerstown, Pennsylvania was evacuated after police responded to a, bomb, uh, to a reported bomb threat there on June 23rd, reported WPMT. When officers arrived, they found David Oxenrider, 28, who lives at a hotel, and the homemade bomb he claimed to have been uh, to have made next uh, he claimed to have made next to a dumpster outside the building Oxenrider told police he made the bomb to get their attention because he was frustrated that his attempts to warn officials about aliens had not been taken seriously hmm according to the criminal complaint Oxenrider said he encountered a ufo and aliens in 2014 who told him Humans need to start being good people, or else they were going to destroy the Earth with a nuclear laser beam. Police disarmed the device and arrested Oxenrider. Don't want to say it was aliens, but it was aliens. Aliens. How about a least competent criminal? And how about one who is not, um this David Oxenrider fellow. An unnamed woman arrest was a uh, uh, sorry, an unnamed woman arrested earlier was released from the St. Louis uh, Justice Center on the morning of uh, June 5th. Sort of. Jail staff gave her clear instructions about how to get out of the building, according to Corrections Commissioner Dale Glass, but instead she got on the elevator, pushed all the buttons, and got off of the fifth, uh, the fifth floor where she exited through a fire door into a stairwell, locking herself in, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported. Two and a half days later, staff finally saw her peering through a window in one of the doors. The woman had made noise during her confinement, but Glass explained that the, the jail is a noisy place and the staff couldn't figure out where the noise was coming from as she moved from floor to floor. Paramedics were called and the woman was offered hospital care, but she declined, saying, No, I just want to go home. I mean, I can't blame her. She she was supposed to um she was supposed to be a free woman and then she was locked up by herself for another two and a half days. With no supplies. But why did you press all of the buttons? Hmm. Seems to me like the, the smart thing to do would just to be escorted out of the building. And so you don't do silly stuff like that. But anyway, that's just me. Our next story. Oops. Homeless Beach, Florida police posted a query on, a, on their Facebook page on June 15th regarding an unusual item that had washed up on the shore and was turned in by a local resident. 
a prosthetic ear. So, uh, social media did its magic and the ear and its owner were reunited five days later. The Associated Press reported that a Beaufort, South Carolina couple had been vacationing in the Tampa Bay area and the man was putting the rubber ear in his pocket for safekeeping when a wave knocked it out of his hand. Police Sergeant Brian Hall said he would mail the ear back to its owner as prosthetic ears can be very pricey. Well, it's a very nice thing for there to happen, honestly. Um, and it kind of reminds me of recently how I had lost a, um, a USB drive and then all of a sudden I get a package one day, there it is again. Somehow I was at the, the Department of Health and Wellness downtown and I have no idea how I got there because I've never been there. Well, I've been downtown, but not at the DHW. In any case, it's nice when people are nice and return things that belong to you. Because <laughs> some of those things can be very valuable and not only monetarily, but also depending on what's on them. In my case, lots and lots of resumes because I'm currently unemployed. Inexplicable! <laughs> That is our last story for today. Do you ever wish you hadn't invested in a ring doorbell? On June 22nd, while Wilton Thomas of North Lauderdale, Florida was at work, his doorbell, his doorbell camera captured a man in a green car pull into his driveway, exit the car, remove his shirt, and then crouch down to relieve himself. He used the shirt to clean himself up, then left the mess behind and drove away. Thomas told WPLG he would have understood if the man had knocked and said, Man, you know what? I had an emergency. I had nowhere to go, and this is where I had to do what I had to do. The Broward County Sheriff's Office is investigating. <sighs> I mean, if you're going to go to that extent, maybe you should just actually knock on the door and say, Oh, I, I, I really need to go and like now and then perhaps the person will be amenable to that and not you know just leave you to do it on the lawn that's uh anyway any dang way let's move away from the past and move on to the present in particular the weather and it is currently 23 degrees here in Halifax and partly cloudy, humidex of 25, uh, fog patches developing overnight, and a low of 14 degrees. Saturday, August 17th, a mix of sun and cloud, fog patches dissipating in the morning, high of 22, with a humidex of 27, UV index of 7 or high. Uh, mainly cloudy at night, periods of drizzle and fog beginning in the evening, and low of 17 degrees. Sunday, August 18th, a 6% chance of showers and a high of 21 going down to a low of 17 and a 30% chance of showers overnight. Monday, August 19th, cloudy skies and a high of 22 going down to cloudy periods and a low of 17 at night. Um, a lot of the same on Tuesday, August 20th, cloudy skies and a high of 25 going down to a low of 18 and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, August 21st, cloudy skies and I have 25 going down to a low of 18 and showers at night. 
And Thursday, August 20 uh, 22nd, is 6% chance of showers and a high of 22 degrees. So it's going to be fairly cloudy. I guess we're not going to see a whole lot of the sun next week. But, I mean, it's the Maritimes. Who knows? This could change tomorrow. So do be sure to keep up on that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And I think it's time to listen to a little more music.
that was Amateur LSDJ with Endgame. That's from Chiptunes Equals Win, Volume 8. And there was nothing amateur about that. That was really good. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And it is story time! And uh, by that I mean it is uh, time for video games in 10 minutes or less. I actually wrote one for this episode today. And I hope it makes sense because um, I, f- I always worry that these don't quite make sense because I do take some... Um, liberties in the story sometimes but um we'll see how this turns out so um if you'll bear with me we'll be going through specifically the kirby games that make the dark matter trilogy thus kirby's dreamland 2 kirby's dreamland 3 and kirby 64 with a little bit of backstory before that so hopefully this will be enjoyable, this will make sense, and uh, this will be um, fun. Anyway, enough rambling for me, let's get on with it. Once upon a time, there was this strange little planetoid called Popstar, which was ruled over by two kings. Yes, two. On one side of this star-shaped world was a blue pudge of a boy named Lolo, who was meant to be the ruler of the land but could not ascend to his throne without his female counterpart, Lala. Problem was that he was overthrown by the evil King Egger, who kidnapped Lala, set off into his tower full of traps, and made that this realm would be known as Eggerland. Of course, this wouldn't stand. Lolo assaulted Eggerland, stormed the tower, faced the many puzzles and traps within, sealed King Egger away, and rescued Lala. Problem was that he never left for very long, always returning with more diabolical puzzles every time. Naturally, Lolo and Lala got tired of this and left to the other side of the world. This was generally considered a more peaceful place, they felt, and the ruling authority here recognized their status, giving them a castle and a share of the food in the stores. They became comfortable living in Dreamland under the gruel of King Dedede. This was around the same time that an unknown creature descended upon the land. Nobody knew what it was or why it was there, where it came from, but it seemed friendly. It wasn't able to say very much, but one of the few words it knew was its name, Kirby. It turned out that this Kirby was a very nice little puffball who was nice to nice people. Nice. King Dedede, meanwhile, was not so nice. He was hoarding all the food from Dreamland for himself. He had also captured the five sparkling stars of the land, which were meant to shoot through the sky and grant the people's wishes. Well, Kirby decided to take it upon himself to retrieve these stars and put them back where they belong. This ended up being kind of a convoluted route to get at each creature guarding uh, one of the stars. Mm, excuse me. And on to Mount Dedede. Through a, for- through, through a forest to beat up one of the grumpiest trees ever, onto Lolo's castle to extend their eternal torment, up to the clouds to disperse the most violent storm cloud ever, 
through the skies and onto his sentient arm Zeppelin, and finally to Mount Dedede to kick the butt of the man... Penguin... Thing... Himself. Anyway. The sparkling stars thanked Kirby and granted him two wishes. First, the power to lift the castle up and bring it to the central town of Dreamland to redistribute their wealth, and second, the power to swallow his enemies and duplicate their abilities in doing so. Hmm, that's why he didn't have it in the first game. Eventually, however, a black cloud enveloped Popstar. This was no normal cloud. It spread hatred and bad emotions throughout the land, affecting anyone it could reach, anyone who held any sort of selfishness or greed in their hearts, and another being like Kirby, who named himself Meta Knight, had arrived on Popstar a short while after Kirby did, uh, seem seemingly intent on being his babysitter by beating him up all the time with swords? I don't know. Anyway. Um, where was I? So another being like Kirby, who named himself Meta Knight, had arrived on Popstar a short while after Kirby did. He would later identify this cloud as dark matter, a sentient embodiment of negative emotion which originated from his home, uh, his homeworld after everyone had become lazy and selfish. Even Meta Knight, who had tried to face it, had failed and succumbed to its, in to its influence on his world leading him to go into hiding in its presence on Popstar. And that's why he's not in those three games. Mm -hmm. Clever. However, Kirby, pure boy that he is, was able to wrest the people of the Dreamland, of, uh, Dreamland from its influence, uh, not on one occasion, but actually twice going so far as to help every single person he could find and harnessing the power of their love to create a weapon to fight back against dark matter and uh, f hopefully forever push it away from dreamland this confrontation however didn't destroy it instead it headed to the nearby ripple star to obtain a powerful artifact from the fairies who lived there simply known as the crystal uh, fortunately, it, an eager little fairy named Ribbon acted quickly enough to alert the fairy queen who told her to take the crystal and escape. Unfortunately, Dark Matter throws some globula globules at her, that's not an easy word to say, uh, which knock her directly into a collision course with Popstar and specifically a collision course with Kirby himself. The crystal uh, falls to the ground and shatters its pieces flying all across the nearby planetoids for plot reasons, I guess. But at least, of all the people to crash into, Kirby was definitely the best option. The two gathered up a few friends from Popstar, uh, gathered, up, gathered up the shards from the nearby planets, reassembled the crystal, and used its power to finally put an end to dark matter. Hopefully, once and for all. At the very least, we've never heard about it again. So, there you go. But finally, it was time to relax, enjoy the quiet life, and have a delicious slice of needlessly ornate strawberry shortcake. Except, oh no! It's just been stolen! Kirby's work is never done. No, it's not. 
And that's pretty that's pretty much the story of Kirby, isn't it? Um that ran a lot shorter than I was hoping it would. But um I guess let's just kind of um consider the life of Kirby for a little while here, since we have the time. And um yeah, so like, it seems like Dreamland is always under the attack of something. Let me bring up the list of games here. Um, because there are a lot of them. And one thing I never understood is what is the deal with Mennonite? I'm hoping that there is going to be a game at some point that is going to tell us what is the deal with Mennonite because this has bothered me for a very long time. We can only surmise that Mennonite comes from the same place as Kirby because they're basically identical without a Mennonite having the mask. You know, different colors obviously, but they're the same species. That much is for sure. And it's just made even more confusing if you consider at least parts of um, Kirby right back at you to be canon. I don't necessarily consider the Americanization to be canon because that was for kids entertainment and they do whatever the Fergus they want. But um, definitely some parts of it are going to at least ring true to some extent. And so, you know, we, you have Meta Knight who is a star warrior and apparently Kirby who is also a star warrior who is well before his time, which is why he basically can't talk and only says Poyo all the time, which is the Japanese sound for a toddler toddling, apparently. Um, but yeah, that's just one of those mysteries. Um, at least he appears to be on our side most of the time, but I don't understand why he continuously beats Kirby up. Maybe he's trying to, to train him and make sure he is good enough, but then you have Revenge of Meta Knight, where Meta Knight is just angry at Dreamland and wants to use the Hallbird to take over and change the um, the lazy lifestyle. But that's what I incorporated into the story. Dark matter exists because wherever they came from had a lazy lifestyle, everyone got selfish, and that somehow created dark matter. That's why that's in my story. So I thought of things, I'm telling you. Um, But then you have games like, let's say, um, Kirby Canvas Curse, where Kirby ends up turning into a, a ball and everything turns into paintings. You have Kirby Rainbow Curse, which is much the same, except everything, everything turns into clay. Um, you have... Uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, which is much the same, except everything turns into yarn. Um, Kirby turning into all sorts of different materials, I guess. Um, I it's it's curious to see to it's curious to think about 
why they keep going to different materials. And then you have then you have other games that are doing the same thing, like Yoshi's Woolly World is basically Kirby's Epic Yarn, except Yoshi. So, I don't know. Maybe they're starting to run out of ideas. They're not running out of games, that's for sure, but... Um, I, I may have mentioned at some point that Kirby Star Allies feels very samey. It's kind of getting to the point where they're they all feel the same, I guess. Anyway, that's just me. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the next Kirby game to come out, the next new Kirby game to come out, and I'm. Definitely not talking about you, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. You don't count because you're Kirby's Epic Yarn again. But, um, yeah, hopefully the new Kirby's whatever is going to be, the new Kirby platformer game, whenever it ends up being, is going to change it up a little bit because... It's still a good series, it's just, it feels a little bit stale, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to end this on a depressing note, but there you go, I guess. Um, let's just reflect on the uh, the better games in the series, like, the, the ones on the 3DS are pretty good, though. and. I just recently played through Squeak Squad in my Kirby's All-Star Legend series. That was pretty alright. Um, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror was much different and I quite enjoyed that one. Just the fact that it was completely non-linear. We need another game like that, honestly. One that's just non-linear, just go through this at least semi-open world and explore around find what you can, have fun, type of thing. Anyway, I think it's about time to put on a little bit of music, so let's do that. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Plasma Cutter with Hyperdimensional, which is from his upcoming album, Genesis Dream. Uh, that's going to be coming up on the 19th, so that is Monday. So you can go over to bandcamp.com and look him up if you so desire to get that album when it comes out. But for now, that will be everything for the show. I thank you all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the um, proceedings for today and uh, hope that you will be back next week. I have no idea what we'll do, as is the norm, but I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty good time, so buckle up, I guess. Anyway, let us go on to the credits. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Numiki, Noriki Kimikura, Twilight of Defect, Reverb, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm and The Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or pretty much any app that you choose. It's probably going to be there. Not Spotify, but, you know, most of them. Anyway, this has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know. I'll see you guys next time. Oh, <laughs> oh,